Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join out on the phone, online, or via text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Filling in for Brian this morning is Scott Beatty. Well, happy Monday and good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good Father's Day to the dads out there. I'm in for Brian Barnhart for the week. He's getting a week off of vacation, so I'll be with you all the way through Friday. And very glad to have your company this morning as we meander our way through some busy news and uh, whatever else is on your mind. As always here on A Penny for Your Thoughts, there is time to take your calls and texts. And you heard uh, Gene there giving the numbers 356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. The talk this morning certainly centered around... The border situation in down in Texas and children being detained and separated from their parents. We're going to check in with Stephen Portnoy in just a moment from CBS News and get the latest with what's going on there. And we'll certain, certainly entertain your calls and texts on that. And uh, then basically for the rest of the hour, it's an open line. and We can talk about news or anything else that you have uh, on your mind, as always. And at 10 o'clock... We're going to check in with Gene Cossey. He heads up Willard Airport down in Savoy, and we'll get his thoughts and on uh, what's going on there, what, what the future might be for Willard Airport. It's been about a year since United Airlines started servicing the area again. Maybe some things that are coming up in the future as well. So those are some of the things that are on the plate here this morning, and I like this. We're already off and running here with... A caller. Let's go to Greg. Good morning, Greg. Morning, Scott. Uh, yeah, it's one uh, I, all weekend. The big story's been the the illegal immigrant families being broken up. And, uh, I, I think I know some people aren't going to take a breath and really think this through because they just want to attack the president for anything they can. But uh, you know, we don't know who these people that are coming up are. They don't come with paperwork. We don't know that they're actually families. These children could be kidnapped children that these people are bringing up here to sell into, you know, uh, child sex slavery or whatever. And I, 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 I think it's real irresponsible for these people to advocate just letting these people come here and run loose. Uh, these things that need to be, they need to, for one, they're coming here, they're breaking the law. So they need to be processed. Uh, they need to be investigated. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it, it's a real shame that people can't really talk about things or think things through because half of the country is so bent on attacking the president on anything they can. Well, what about some of the more uh, traditional supporters of some hardline immigration stances that are coming out against us? I mean, even today you had Laura Bush 
writing in yep. the Washington Post uh, uh, against this practice of separating. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that most of these kids are with their parents. Uh, you know, she's not in favor of it either. And you have other Republicans joining that, those voices. Yeah, well, that's, uh, as like I said, I, you know, she's part of the deep state, okay? Uh, she's part of the, the swamp. Uh, they all feel offended that Trump came in uh, campaigning against everything that they, they had done all these years. And so they're all offended by him. They don't like him whatsoever, and they'll use every opportunity to attack him. And, you know, Scott, I mean, you, you could say that most of them are families, but you and I both, neither one of us know. These people are coming here without paperwork. We don't know who they are. And there is a real problem with human trafficking and drug trafficking going across the border. And it needs to get under control, okay? We have laws for a reason. Greg, appreciate you weighing in this morning. Thanks much. Three five six nine three nine seven. We got a couple of uh, other folks here that are lining up. Let's get one more in, and then we got to take a quick uh, break here, and we'll get Stephen Portnoy on on this. Good morning, Zoe. Oh, good morning. Hi, Scott. Um, I have to say real quick, the Bushes are not really conservative, and they don't speak for a lot of us at all. And um, uh, if I robbed a bank which is very improbable, and I, and I had children, I would be arrested and separated from my children, wouldn't I? And these people have these people have committed a crime. They've broken our laws coming over here like this, and they know that. They hope they can get away with it. And this has been just soft-pedaled by the press and not, not talked about. I mean, not really. They And, and it really is, is very irritating. And... Um, so I, I really have very little sympathy with it at all. Would you, <laughs> really, and you very would little. And you would equate crossing the border with robbing a bank? Well, I would. It's a crime, isn't it? Because they, it's not crossing the border. They're cross. They're coming illegally. Well, I understand. I'm just saying. It's I. I would put the it's level illegal. of an armed robbery different than well, illegally crossing a border. It, you know, it may be armed or it may be not, or maybe you did some other crime. You know, you could, I mean, you know, you could pick some, any, any crime. You would be put in, in, the, in jail and you would be separated from your children. And you can, you know, you could pick some other, you know, a little bit smaller crime if you want to. I mean, maybe, you know, but the point is that you have committed a crime and you would be separated from your, from your children, sad as it is. And I do feel so- sorry for sometimes for people in prison, you know, or for their children that are sometimes separate. Sometimes I think it's better for them, maybe dependent on the person, but sometimes it's really sad. However, it's reality. Hey, I appreciate your perspective, Zoe. Thank you. Three five six nine three nine seven. We're off and running, and this is a hot topic. We'll get the insight from Stephen Portnoy, who covers this with CBS News on the other side of this break on a penny for your thoughts. It's 80 degrees. We're going to warm up today into the 90s. It's 914, a penny for your thoughts. Scott Beatty filling in for Brian Barnhart. Thanks for being along. Covering the situation with the border, it's Stephen Portnoy from Washington. He, you hear his voice on CBS News here regularly. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Good morning to you. A pleasure to have you with us, and we appreciate your insight here. Um, what has changed 
in your understanding uh, with the immigration policy here in the last week since this has come up uh, in the, and become headlines across the country with these children yeah, being detained? Sure. It's, it's not as much a change in the last week as it's been a change in the last few months. It was back in April that the Justice Department announced that it would begin to prosecute people who come across the border illegally, not just uh, detain them and put them through the civil process that might lead to their deportation, but to actually charge them with a crime under a statute that Congress enacted in 1952. And it's not well uh, understood or, or uh, that isn't necessarily regularly applied, but this administration said it would apply this particular law that's been on the books for more than 65 years. The uh, prosecution of people who are coming over with children, however, means that as the adults are arrested, the children wind up entering government custody. And that's where you have the separation. There are horrible stories of uh, one mother, for example, in the New York Times is mentioned where she was deported to Guatemala while her son, her eight-year-old son, was left behind in U.S. government custody here. And she has no way of getting in touch with him and no way of getting him back. That's why one isn't, example. Why, isn't the, why aren't the children being sent back? Well, it's an interesting question because of the way that the bureaucracy is so entrenched and, and, and uh, complicated. You have different government agencies and different, different government departments that are responsible for different things. When, for example, a, a person comes across the border illegally, there are at least three different cabinet-level agencies that get involved if they come over with a child. You have the uh, Justice Department that is going to prosecute the offender under the misdemeanor that they violated. There is the Homeland Security Department that is holding them. There is the Health and Human Services Department that is responsible for taking care of the children. So sometimes uh, these agencies have difficulty talking to one another and things, pieces of paper get lost and uh, the, the immigrant doesn't understand the labyrinth and isn't able to navigate it. Do you see something softening here even this morning uh, in, in what's going on? I thought I heard an earlier report that said some of the younger children are no longer going to be separated. Well, that is what our reporter David Begno, my colleague David Begno, who's down on the border in Texas, is hearing from the Border Patrol officials there that in the, the, the unique circumstance of people who are traveling with children under the age of four, that those essentially those toddlers would be able to stay with their parents. Um, it's if you're older than four, you're five and up. Uh, that's where there would be a separation, and the five-year-old would wind up in foster care or some kind of government facility while the parent is uh, jailed. The uh, difference is uh, the policy change. Um, in the past, you know, the, the president would uh, would criticize this. He called it was called catch and release, where essentially people who came over the border illegally, if they were detained, were given a speeding ticket, essentially, and told to come back at a date and time, which they wouldn't because they'd disappear into the interior of the country. The administration is taking a defiant stance to say the law is the law. This administration, even if it's enforcing the law for the very first time, will enforce the law, and the world word needs to go out that the law is being enforced and uh, without apology. And they also say things like, for example, what about the families who are being separated when illegal immigrants commit murder? And those families are separated permanently. What about the uh, families where um, Americans, are, uh, Americans are accused of committing crimes, and they are the ones who are separated from their children? What that perspective tends to lack, however, is a sense of sympathy for the uh, trial that these people have endured to, to come to the United States and the desperation they must feel uh, to have endured that trial. 
the uh, administration's position is this is a world of 7 billion people, and not all of them can come to the United States. Lastly, Stephen, I know you have to get going quickly here. Uh, who is holding their ground on this? Because there's a lot of public and political backlash now the administration is facing. Well, this is ultimately a decision that the American people, I think, will have to settle. And you know, the president seems to be banking on the idea that the people are with him on this. Democrats, I'm sure, will, uh, going forward into this midterm cycle, um, try to rouse their voting base and say that uh, people should vote for Democrats if they feel strongly enough about this policy. Stephen Portnoy at CBS News, we very much appreciate your time. You bet. It's uh, 919 here on a penny for your thoughts. Appreciate Stephen uh, checking in with us. So what are your thoughts? What are your reaction there? Do you agree that uh, this is up to the American people ultimately? Do you equate it, uh, as uh, one of our callers, Zoe, already said, to committing any other crime? And that may cause you to be separated from your family. Weigh in with us, 356-9397-3515357. Or do you see the more sympathetic perspective as perhaps, uh, hey, yeah, these maybe are illegals, but uh, let's have some compassion in how we treat them and, and uh, soften things up. Let's go to Don this morning on a penny for your thoughts. Good morning, Don. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do we try? Do we try to have sympathy for the guy that robs the bank because he never had any money all his life? It, it, laws aren't based on on emotions. That's ridiculous. That's totally ridiculous. The way I see it, the baby killers are concerned about the children again. I bet you every one of these Democrats believe in abortion. I bet you every one of them do. Yeah, but does that still justify in your mind? Uh, separating families because of a view no, on abortion? You, you, why can't you say, does that justify breaking the law? Why do you have to always include the children in everything you say to try to make it, to try to pull on my emotion? Why can't you say, does that justify breaking the law instead of separating families? You don't say that about the bank robber. <laughs> no, but my point is, is just I'm wondering why this is viewed as a bank, as the same as a bank robbery. No, you keep saying that. It's not. It's not at all. It's viewed as breaking a law. The bank robbery is—it's just a—it's uh, an example. Maybe I should use—I uh, don't know. What does? What do you equate crossing the border illegally with? That's my question. What do you equate it with? What law breaking do you equate it with? Sir? Uh, I'd have to think about that, but I equate it with crossing the border illegally is what I would equate it with. It is what it is. <laughs> well, see, you're trying to put everybody else on the spot, and you don't have an answer yourself. Fair you enough. Know, what do you do? You equate it with people with divorce? Is that what you're equating it with? People separating families? You're going to equate it with divorce? No, I'm not equating it with divorce. But hey, I appreciate you weighing in. Let's go on to Motor. Good morning, Motor. Hi guys, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, the United United States of America is land of the free. They all know that. They all know that they can come here, and we'll take good care of them. I got one thing to say. There's a law that was in there ever since 1800s. It's never been activated. It's never been jumped down on. But you cross a border in Spain, you cross a border in Italy, over in Afghanistan, no paperwork. They will shoot you. They will they will put you in jail until you get paperwork. We take them in, and we're getting them. Now we got all the kids coming in. 
And I got I still say that the cartel is moving all those kids and they're moving dope coming across the borders. You got twenty seven organizations along the border that are run by the cartel of Mexico and they get their check every afternoon on Sundays, whatever. Saying we accommodated a thousand people this afternoon, but they they let seven hundred thousand come across the border and nobody knows anything about it. And the poor border patrol is being run down in the ground, and they're jumping all over like they're jumping all over the United States president. Why do you think they're doing that? They're trying to mess up the world, and they're doing a great job at it. So you're saying you would prefer the policies of some other countries? I would prefer to do the laws of the United States. It says if you cross the border without paperwork, you go to jail or you're returned. You're denied. You you do not get any help. Sorry. Go back and do it right. It's like a kid going through school. You teach them how to do it, how to be nice to people. It works, but then somebody's out there trying to make a buck, and they put everybody at, at risk. It's crazy. Thanks a lot, Motor. You up, bet. Up next, it is Jim. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Scott. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to pile on you personally, uh, but oh, I, appreciate I agree that. with basically everything everybody has said. We cannot let these people just come in at will anywhere across the border. Uh, the parents' actions of dragging their kids and or non-kids, and they estimate, and this is estimates for the last 8, 10 years, over 50% of these young children do not belong to the people they're with. And that's government estimates. Some of that was under Barack Obama. Some of it's been under Trump. Some of it was under Bush. Uh, these, these people know that they have a risk of getting caught. They know what they're doing is illegal. They are coached. They are coached on the other side on what to say to border control people if they get caught that will get them to stay here. They're tying up our resources immediately. They are costing us money, and no, I'm not a horrible person, but the minute they cross that border, it's costing the U.S. taxpayers money. Most of these people do not come with $10,000, dollars $50,000 to be able to pay for their own place. Most of them do not have jobs set up. They're not going to be able to get jobs very easily, but they do know how to get on our aid system over here, and it happens all the time. And it undermines the people that come here legally. The people that come here and do it right and wait for many years and spend lots of money with attorneys, et cetera, and go through the hoops, these people that don't do it right are just totally undermining these. And Democrats are on record. Pelosi and Schumer, several years ago, jumped all over the fact that we've got people coming here illegally. We have points of entry in this country. Use them. And when you come through on a point of entry, things are done legally. We do let people in here. But we can't just let thousands upon thousands in in into the millions of people come here illegally, we cannot sustain that. It's just not possible. And that's just my humble opinions, all in about two minutes. (laughs) 
Well, that's part of what we do here on A Penny for Your Thoughts is allow you to air your opinions, humble or not. And I do appreciate you doing so, Jim. And I am a humanitarian. I, I don't want to see anybody starve. I don't want to see that they're setting themselves up for failure in a way if we don't step in and, and, and give them a place to stay. And Anyway, I'll, I'll speak. Scott, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Sure. Appreciate you calling in. One more here from uh, Ben. Good morning, Ben. Yes, I think there might be a solution to this if they have time. Have all the people that want to take want uh, the people to come in. Have them sign up as a volunteer. Sign legal papers that they will take care of the people. They will take care of all the expenses. Everything they want to do that. If they're willing to have all the people come in, they can volunteer. They can take care of medical. They can take care of their any needs that they have. But they have to sign a paper. They will be fully responsible for all of it, anything that happens. And then they can go from there and see how many will happen, will be willing to do that. All these people are letting the people come in or for letting the people come in. That would be one way to see how far it would go. All Thank right. You. Thanks, Ben. Penny, for your thoughts, an open line here in this first hour, and the conversation this morning has centered on the immigration debate and the detainment and separation of children from their families. We will continue this after the news here at the bottom of the hour, and you are welcome to weigh in. Of course, 3569397 is the number. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. And of course, if there's anything else on your mind this morning, you can certainly go in that direction. It's what we do here on an open line. In the 10 o'clock hour, Gene Cossey is here from Willard Airport. We'll get the latest on what's happening in the airport that serves us here in East Central Illinois. News in just a moment. Penny for your thoughts. We're taking an open line here with you until the top of the hour. Then Gene Cossey in from Willard Airport. Scott Beatty in this week for Brian Barnhart. Appreciate the lively conversation we've had so far. Step aside for news. Here's Michael Kaiser. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me. Happy birthday, Paul McCartney. Sir, Paul McCartney, 76 years old. Hard to argue with one of the greatest songwriters in the history, certainly of uh, modern music. So happy birthday there. Let it be. And one of the uh, moments in history today. All right. It's an open line. Scott Beatty with you along uh, in for Brian Barnhart. Ed Bond is our producer engineer. Continuing our conversation this morning on an open line. It's uh, been centered on the immigration issues that are going on at the border right now, but we can always go in any direction you like in an open line. Good morning to Jane. Hello, Jane. Hi, Scott. How are you today? Good. Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind? Well, I, about the border issue, I, I believe that, yes, 
people should be able to come to the United States of America. We are the land of the free. You need to be vetted, and that is what we need to do. That's the government needs to do that. They need to step up and get their act together and get people vetted and get people, you know, in acclimated with the United States. Get them in. Get them a job. Get them a home. Do, the thing that they don't need to do is separate families. As a mother, I would never let you separate me from my child, never. I mean, you would you would have to physically remove me from my child. It's just, to me, horrendous that we sit back and let the government do this. Of course, now we really don't can't do much because we're just the people. I mean, we can vote, but really, can we vote? I mean, let's be honest. And in Illinois, we've tried. We've tried for years. You know, everybody's been like, get Mac Madigan out and get. You know, it's we tried for years. It's it's just virtually impossible. The man's going to have to pass on in order to get him out of his seat. It's just not going to happen. So the government needs to step up. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. You are a human being, for God's sakes. And these people should not be separated from them, their children. They risked their lives to come to the United States of America for a better opportunity for themselves and their children. And I am just so ashamed to even... To, to even speak anything to anyone because it's just I, it's just unbelievable and that, that that the president can blame the democrats and the democrats can say it's not their fault it, okay you know step up you're adults i don't care whose fault it is fix the problem we we have we have the ability and i know people have called in and said we don't have the research. Yes, we do. We are the United States of America. We are the greatest country in the world. We have the resources. We have people. Look at GoFundMe pages. We have people that step up to help people every single day. And there is just no reason at all that this this should be happening. And I'm so tired of one party blaming the other party. We We are the people. We are the people who choose these government people we need to step up we need to say no enough of this you you know we need to get people in the government who honestly want to be there for the people not for themselves and there's just no reason whatsoever jane that that, that be happening my one thought to you you know you're saying where you feel it's hopeless and this isn't on necessary just on this issue but just on anything that feels hopeless from a political standpoint is there have been plenty of moments in history that have been caused by the movement of people in this sure. country and others. And I just, you know, you do have voice. You can pick up your phone and call your representatives at the state and the Scott, federal level. Scott, yeah. Have you? I mean, I've done that. I've I've called. I've you get placed on hold or you get placed. They're not available. You get put into a a voice machine. You never hear back from any of these politicians. The only time you see a politician is when they're running for election, and all they want to do is tell you how bad the other person is. So well, yeah, I'm not trying to paint a rosy Mr. Smith goes to Washington picture here, but I'm <laughs> saying that it, the worst reaction I think we can ever have on anything is to just sit on our hands and go, well, it, nothing works. No, 
and I don't think we are sitting on our hands. I think that we are trying. We are trying. The people are trying. The people are speaking. You've heard people calling. People are speaking. People are saying this is not right. This should not be happening. But what is happening? We have the president stand in front of the TV and say it's the Democrats' fault. We have the Democrats stand and say it's not our fault. That's. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So oh, that's, yeah. it's just a blame game. It's not my fault. It's your fault. It's not my fault. It's your fault. Step up and just do something. Do something to help these people. And and we can do it. We we can. It has been proven. We are a great nation. We are a great nation of people who will give. It's been proven. We do it every single day. And there's no reason why we can't do it now. Hey, Jane, I appreciate you weighing in. Thanks, Scott. 356-9397 is our phone number. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. Uh, Rick's perspective on the text line is most of this these people are looking for asylum from their oppressive countries, not a free ride. And, uh, you know, I know there's obviously issues with the uh, crime elements that come in across the border and all that, but I think that is an important perspective, too. Hank is on the line now. Hello, Hank. Yeah, hey, Scott, how you doing? Yeah, thanks for waiting with us. What's on your mind? Okay. Uh, you know, I have, I've just tuned in. I just went to a car wash here, and I was listening to some of these callers. And, you know, all this posturing and, and virtue signaling on the part of these people, and I wonder how many of these who are having such bleeding hearts about this issue are willing to invite these people into their own homes. You know, you talk about their compassion and sensitivity and things like that. And I wonder, other than just making phone calls, if they're willing uh, to take these people into their own homes. And number two, uh, you know, this sort of stuff was going on under the Obama administration. We heard nothing but crickets from these people because Barack Obama was president of the United States. The same policies being practiced today are the same policies at the border being that were practiced under Barack Obama. They separated children from their parents because most of many times they don't even know if those are their real parents because a lot of these kids are being sent alone across the border. And you've got the coyotes and you have all these other things, not to mention the deserts and stuff they have to cross to get there and the caravans that are often dangerous and a lot of rapes are happening. But, uh, you know, I'm an independent voter. I'm neither Republican or Democrat. And I'm getting to the point because of what the Democrats are doing, and I voted for three Democrats in the last election. I'm not going to vote for another Democrat again because these guys are just – these people are generally kind of members of a cult of perpetual grievances and victimhood. And all we hear is complaint, 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 compounded by their anti-Trump derangement syndrome, and it's really getting pathetic. Uh, I, I don't know what to say other than uh, – there are laws, and if a mother doesn't want to be separated from her child, then for goodness sake, don't try to enter this country illegally. I mean, it's as simple as that. And you know what? It also turns out the dirty little secret is a lot of these so-called refugees, when they actually do show up in court, and most of them don't, but if they ever do, you know, they get a court appointment, they're issued one at the border, if they don't show up, then they're gone. They're into the country. But the ones that do, 80% are turned down. In other words, they're lying at the border 
because uh, the Obama administration, uh, administration gave these people a script on what to say at the border to get into our country for free. And I'm getting, as a, as a American who's paid taxes for the last 40 years, as long as I've been working, I'm getting sick and tired of a lot of these people coming in and, and, and uh, just making use of our free public education. And um, make, you know, in some cases, they are getting entitlements that they're not entitled to. And that's another dirty little secret. And they are a negative balance overall when you consider what they're contributing to being, you know, paying taxes if they even do in some cases. Uh, they're actually a negative draw. And yes, we should be compassionate. My grandfather legally immigrated from Germany and he married a Native American woman down in Texas and, uh, and he did it legally and he did it the right way and he, he's passed down his work ethic and his family values to our family today so what is your view on this well i'll first of all i appreciate you sharing your views hank and i i have a couple of thoughts there and what you said number one um if this strict policy that's been enacted was going on during the obama administration uh, and wasn't getting reported on like the media is reporting it now. Okay, um, that doesn't mean that this should necessarily this just gets to keep going too. I mean, we just I think we need to fix what needs to be fixed. If there's something that's wrong or if there's something that's inhumane, we need to get that fixed. And it doesn't matter what happened under Obama. Just that doesn't justify what is happening now. And number two is. Uh, I, I, I understand there's criminal elements uh, that may be coming across, and that has to be dealt with. But what it is motivating, here's my question. What is, would motivate a family, a mother, to say, I'm going to enter a country illegally for a shot at something better? I'm not saying everybody that comes across the border has altruistic, noble purposes. But I'm betting a good chunk do. And my question is, what situation are they leaving that they're de desperate to take the risk? And that's where I think it's different than, you know, a violent crime that would cause you to be separated from your child as well. That's the question I'm asking. I don't have pretend to have any solutions on immigration reform or immigration policy. I get that it's not an easy issue. I'm just asking that question. Uh, you know, if folks are coming across the border for a shot at something better to get out of something that's really not good... What's an appropriate response to that? All right, one more here from Brian. Good morning, Brian. Yes. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that these people are being separated from their parents and stuff. Heck, their parents send their kids across the border alone a lot of times to hope to get them in the United States, and after they get them here, they uh, they can get into the chain migration system where they can invite their mom, dad, uncle, whatever. And the media is only interested in one side of the story. That's they usually push the uh, the liberal agenda. You never hear any sympathy for sealing up the border. It's always oh we need to have compassion for these people. And uh, the Democrats aren't interested in uh, sealing the border at all. I mean. Ronald Reagan uh, passed that uh, immigration amnesty bill back in 1986. 
with the promise that the border would be sealed. It never has been. People are coming in here by droves. And, you know, if you don't have a border where you can vet people and, you know, let people in, you don't have a country. You, you have to screen people. You know, I mean, you just can't let everybody in. And uh, I think there's a there's an effort going on to to uh, you know flood the flood the nation with uh, people that uh, have more of a need for government services, you know, and because uh, they want to change the culture, they want to change the the government, and it's part of the plan. Appreciate you you weighing in, Brian. Penny, for your thoughts, uh, the president this morning has uh, tweeted a number of things on this issue, and his latest tweet says it's the Democrats' fault for being weak and ineffective with border security and crime. Tell them to start thinking about the people devastated by crime coming from illegal immigration. Change the laws. A penny for your thoughts. Open line here till the top of the hour. Back with more in a moment. All right, 9.56 on a penny for your thoughts. I'm Scott Beatty filling in for Brian Barnhart. You got me for this week. Brian getting his vacation in, and then he is back starting on Monday the 25th. We have Gene Cossey, the director of Willard Airport. He is uh, joining us uh, after the news here at the top of the hour. We'll get an update on what's going on down there at the airport. A year since United started serving the area along with American Airlines. We'll see what the latest has been. Also, they're trying to figure out a master plan for the airport. And if you've got questions for Gene, you can also do that. On the text line, 217-Texture says, uh, Responsible parents do not engage in human trafficking. If they actually truly care about their kids, they need to improve their own country, even at risk to their own lives. We had to kill our British overlords during the revolution. They're going to have to take on their own cartels. Uh, That is Probably easier said than done. Uh, another texture from the 214 area code. Bill, I will tell you what causes them to cross illegally. Imagine if a store gave everything away. Wouldn't that cause people to leave Walmart who charges f- uh, for things to go to the store where everything is free? Another texture says, uh, why does Trump get blamed for stuff Obama should have done in his eight years? And, uh, yeah, those are some of the texts that are coming in as we talk about this uh, immigration uh, situation. Uh, Speaking of Mexico, a different conversation here about Mexico is that late yesterday morning, apparently, seismic sensors in Mexico City detected what was reported to be a small earthquake. This from the New York Times, but it was triggered in an artificial manner, according to the group monitoring the cages, possibly because of mass jumping, said the group. The Institute of Geologic and Atmospheric Investigations in Mexico which said at least two of its sensors picked up the activity. What caused that jumping? Well, moments before, the Mexican men's national soccer team had scored a goal against Germany in their group stage match in the World Cup over in Russia. Mexico went on to win the match. It was a huge victory uh, for them. And, uh, of course, there was all kinds of celebrations across the country, a big national moment. They're actually embroiled down there in Mexico in their own uh, political turmoil and They've got elections uh, coming up. Uh, there is, uh, though, there's some are challenging the claims of any seismic activity that would be in, involved because of the scattering of some fans. 
but the Institute apparently pushed back at the doubters, clarifying the event was imperceptible to the general population. This sort of occurrence can be referred to, though, as an artificial earthquake to clearly establish that it's not a geological event. So no real earthquake saw uh, caused by millions of people jumping up and down the moment that Mexico beat Germany, but apparently it caused some gauges to move a little bit and created an artificial sense of the whole thing. Penny, for your thoughts, Gene Cossey coming up at, right after the news here at the top of the hour from Willard Airport. Uh, after we're finished with our conversation, we will have an open line to carry on here on a Monday. Penny, for your thoughts. Uh, some of the folks that we are uh, going to talk to later in the week, Luke Boyce from Shattered Glass Films will be along. Also, Darren Holtz, our uh, manager of IT here at the News Gazette. Uh, we'll have him in on Friday. And if you've got your tech questions, you want to get some uh, free technical tech insight, you can call us at the end of the week. Uh, last time we had Darren on, we as soon as we had to end our conversation, some calls started coming in. So bring your uh, calls and questions along on uh, that line. CBS News next here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's a News Gazette media station. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Filling in for Brian this morning is Scott Beatty. Good morning. Welcome back to A Penny for Your Thoughts. Had a robust open line conversation in the first hour. Switching gears a little bit now, pleased to welcome in from Willard Airport. The director is Gene Cossey, who's with us for the next uh, several minutes. And if you have questions along the way about uh, Willard Airport, you can certainly offer those or comments to Gene. will take them at 356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. Welcome to the show, Gene. Good morning. Thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. I admit, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, I grew up in the Chicago area, and whenever we went to my grandmother's house, we went along O'Hare Airport. We drove right by it on the Tri-State, and my win my nose was always pressed on the window because just from the time I was a little kid, I was fascinated with airports. And I used to m make my own airports in with my planes and my, you know, as a kid on the floor in the in the living room or whatever, and I've just always been enthralled with their operation be it small or, or big there are fascinating things even though these days most people y you know there's a lot of people like ah, i gotta go to the airport and they consider flying a big hassle but it's still fascinating that what we do you can get across this country in a few hours yeah flying is amazing it's uh one of those technologies that was developed that just revolutionized and changed the world and i'm kind of like you i started out from a uh, you know, a little kid being fascinated with anything that flies and wanting to learn how to fly and started started out hanging out at airports trying to fly airplanes and uh, they got tired of seeing me around not doing anything so they <laughs> gave me a job and I've been working at airports ever since and I aviation is a field that's just fascinating there's never a dull moment it's always exciting and fun so yeah it's it's inc it's an incredible uh, field to be in. Uh, wanted to start with United Airlines which has been here about a year now right? Right. 
and uh, well they've come back from f since a year ago so now there's two major airlines servicing Willard Airport uh, what's your assessment of one year with two big airlines here well I think overall we're doing very well uh, we've talked with United and they're pleased with how things are going of course they would have liked to have seen the airplanes completely full from the very moment on and you know always having a huge uh, overselling of flights on those seats but um, what we've been seeing is that there's a gradual and steady growth in their clients and the, and the passengers that fly United Airlines and the good thing that we've seen is they haven't detracted from American Airlines operations so American is still going strong still having really high performance good passenger loads so we are capturing all new passengers that were otherwise going somewhere else to catch flights so that's good for our airport it's good for our local uh, areas economy and growth so overall it's a very good thing we're continuing to see strong numbers on United and we're very excited with the performance they're giving and we're hoping that if we continue to see strong performance they'll be interested in looking at either even additional markets on the phones uh, we have Karen with us this morning with a question for you Jean Cossey director of Willard Airport good morning Karen you're on good with Jean Cossey good morning um, you know, I just want to say that I, I really like Willard, that you can get through really quickly compared to O'Hare, and the staff over there is always really helpful and everything. Um, and I don't really fly that often, but unfortunately when I do fly, I prefer to fly out of Central Illinois Regional Airport because of all the free parking. And they have a shuttle van that will drive you to your car if you need that. Um, and that's like the major deterrent. Otherwise, Willard is wonderful. So, I mean, that being said, um, I just wondered um, what if you have any plans to introduce um, a gigantic free parking lot <laughs> at any point? Well, does United United wants to fill their planes? You know, maybe they could kick in for um, significant free parking over there, and that would make such a huge difference, I think. And you know, I'd rather make the short drive to Bloomington to to utilize their parking lot. So, I don't know. What do you want to say about that? <laughs> Good question, Karen. Appreciate it. I bet you've gotten that a few times, Gene. Yeah, it's something that comes up a lot. So um, first of all, thank you for your compliments on how great our airport is. We are trying to continuously always do things to make it even better for the customer and make even a better customer experience out there. Um, free parking is something that a lot of people don't understand at the other central Illinois airports, um, Bloomington, Springfield, even Peoria and Quad Cities all advertise some level of free parking, either all of their parking or a good major parking of it. And what people don't understand is those airports are operated on a taxing authority. So they bring in the revenue to run the airport based on property taxes. So the local communities, just depending on how that authority has been defined, could be their entire county, could be portions of their county, are actually funding the operations of the airport through property taxes. The uh, Willard Airport is owned and operated by the University of Illinois, and we do not have any property taxes coming in to operate the airport, so we need to generate as much revenue as we can, and one of those avenues of revenue is the parking. Um, it really helps sustain us. It, it's, a, it's, it's not enough that we can just, you know, uh, say, uh, you know, operations are a no-brainer, everything's great, uh, it, but it's enough to keep us going with what we make from the airlines in addition. And she mentioned the airlines helping to pay for parking. Well, the airlines actually pay us rents and fees right now, and we try to keep those as low as we can because we want to encourage them to come in, not raise their costs. So it's a very complicated process. We understand that a lot of people would like to see free parking out there, but the trade-off would have to be some sort of taxing authority here in Coos County, or uh, I'm sorry, I went back 
a couple of years <laughs> here in Champaign County. Um, and we would have to create uh, some sort of authority like that in order to offset those parking costs, which it's something that if the people of the county wanted to do, you know, they, they could get together and put that in place. Well but in the meanwhile, we're going to have to charge for parking in order to be able to help offset the very high cost of operating an airport. Well, what about just a donation jar at the booth? <laughs> There if you, you if you can afford a few yeah. bucks, pay for the parking. If yeah. not, we understand. Yeah. So in other words, it's for us if we're going to go to Central Illinois Regional Airport or any of the other ones. Yeah, we get the free parking, but somebody else is footing the bill for somebody it. Somebody else is paying for it. And then the other thing about that that um, we actually can study uh, based on data that's reported to the federal government where people are flying to and from that wanted that are that are origin or destination their origin or destination is here from in Champaign County. And we lose anywhere, depending on which year it is and, and how things are going, about 2 to 5% to Bloomington. And what we're really looking at is a good portion of that is because of some of the low-cost carrier options that are in Bloomington, which we're trying to get here, but we don't have yet. And so we really don't think for the majority of people, while some people it definitely is a consideration, for the majority of the people, the decision to go somewhere else is really based on the price of the ticket, not necessarily the cost of parking. Because even with charging for parking, it's still cheaper and easier just to drive 10 to 20 minutes here to our airport than to drive anywhere else. Well, I, and again, I, I, not everybody has this luxury with their budget, but time is money too. And Bloomington isn't that far away, but you're still adding, depending on where you're coming from, which side of town, an hour each way. Sometimes like that's adding two hours to your total commute. I'd rather just drive a couple miles down if I can. The other thing I've found is, you know, I've just scheduled a, uh, a vacation trip uh, for a few days myself to go see somebody in the West Coast. And I chopped really hard for all the ticket prices out of Chicago, O'Hare, and Midway, and Indianapolis. And yeah, there it's, it's lower to go one way out of those hubs than it is to fly out of here. But by the time I drive up to Chicago, pay for parking, and or figure out a different way to get, you know, take a limo if I have family up there or whatever. It's just as, it's about a wash yeah. to fly out of here. And it's just a few miles from me. Yeah, I it a lot of it depends on where you're going, the markets, the city pairs that you're flying in between. I was looking at a potential trip to visit my parents in Texas a couple of weeks ago, and the tickets I priced out were only $20 more round trip, so $10 one way flying out of Champaign than they were Chicago. Now, I never go to Chicago to fly out because, you know, I want to fly out of my own <laughs> airport, but I always try to price the differences just to see where that competitive uh, line lays. And in that particular ticket price, like I said, it was $10 one way each direction, so there, that, that would just be easy. There's no reason to drive anywhere to save $10 because you're never going to save that on the drive. Gene Cossey with us, the director of Willard Airport. You mentioned some of the low-cost carriers, uh, vacation-type airlines. What does it take to get them to say, yep, we want to start a run from here to where, Orlando or Vegas or Tampa? Yeah, so right now with any airline looking at new markets to come into, their biggest challenge is where do they have the resources that they have to invest in a new market. Those resources, of course, aircraft, pilots, and flight crews. Right now, they're, we're facing an issue across the country with a pilot shortage. Airlines are having a hard time finding qualified pilots, and there's more demand for pilots than are actual pilots out there who are able to go to work for the airlines. So anytime they go into a new market, it means they're going to have to pull crews and aircraft off of another market. So what we need to be able to tell them and show them is that they're going to have a more profitable, better operation here out of this community 
than they are in another community. Uh, there are a couple of them out there that are expanding, changing new airline or new aircraft, buying all new aircraft. And when those things happen, we're hoping that we can have some uh, means to to generate um, interest from them in coming into this market. I would say the other thing that we really need is just a commitment from the community that they're going to use that service if it comes in here. So the airlines want to come in and know that the community is going to use that service, buy those tickets, and that it's something that's going to be a, a good operation for them. Gene Cossey with us. I remember when United first came back here, there was also discussion about trying to encourage an East Coast leg to uh, Charlotte, I think, or maybe to Dulles or somewhere somewhere out there, Washington, D.C. Does that come back around at all? Yeah, we're still working on that. Um, again, American Airlines and United Airlines still have the same issues with pilot shortages and aircraft shortages. Used to be aircraft were the biggest issue, but actually nowadays um, the pilot shortage is the biggest issue. And uh, they have the same situation of they need to figure out where do they want to invest their resources. We think there's a really good potential for a flight into Charlotte, especially on American Airlines, because they have a hub there. They can hit a lot of other destinations with just one stop that they can't hit through Chicago or Dallas right now with just one stop. So we think that makes really good sense for them. We have some numbers in our studies that show that that's a good option. Um, we've talked with them on several occasions, and I think they're still very interested in that idea. They plan things out long term. They plan. They don't plan what are we going to start in six months. They plan what are we going to start in 18 to 24 months. So we think that we're in that planning range for them right now, and we're 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 fairly optimistic that we're going to see something along those lines. We don't have any promises yet, but we're very optimistic about it. And then um, our top market right now for both airlines is the Washington, D.C. area. The uh, problem, of course, is Washington, D.C. is very, very busy. There, it takes a lot to get aircraft in and out of there. So it's not just that we're competing for resources for a direct route in there, but we're competing against cities that can fill up uh, 737 every day. And we're still not quite to that level. We could definitely fill a 75-seat aircraft in there quite a bit, and I think we would have great success with that. But the airlines have to weigh that against displacing other aircraft when you can still connect in. So we think there's some possibility for that still, but the problem is there's a lot more challenges for getting directly into Washington than there is into another hub. Is the demand for Washington because of the connections out of there or because of D.C. itself? Because of D.C. itself. Uh there, there's enough um, government connections here or lobbying work or whatever that people would want to make the trip to D.C. from here. I understand Springfield. Yeah, it's a full combination of stuff. It's the business that the university does. It's the research and the grants the university manages. It's the businesses and companies here in town that work with the university on those things. So there's a lot, which goes back to something that I think is very important for air service development or for anything else going on here in this county. We have a huge economic... Uh, strength here. We're one of the best ec economies in all of Illinois. We're growing strong. We've got a lot of good employers here, and it's something that's good for all of us. And, and just the, the traffic that we have going into Washington is a prime example of how we're such a strong, vibrant economy and why it's so important that we do have the air service here to help serve that economy. Question from Jeff on the text line for Eugene. Does Willard offer any internships for postgraduates? I'm a recent graduate in the business intelligence, master's of science degree, and unfortunately internships for my field in this field of study are few and far between. Um, it's not something that we normally reach out for and try to um, try to 
have on a regular basis but if somebody comes to us with a request and it's something we can fill we do look into it so yeah if he wants to look at our website and reach out to me directly we can see if there's something there there's no promises or anything but um i i always talk to anybody about things like that i'm always open to discuss options well, like you said, uh, you were just hanging around the airport long enough that people eventually gave you a job, although I feel like these days you might get arrested if you just keep hanging around yeah, the airport. Yeah. But <laughs> Well, I, 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 I paid for flight lessons occasionally, I so I had an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your purview as director of Willard Airport? Is there parts of the operation uh, you know, that you cannot really speak into? I mean, like, for example, TSA? Yeah, so... Uh, anything that is not directly run and operated by us, we have influence of, but yeah, we can't control. So we can't control how TSA does their job. We would really love um, for certain things to happen, like they have the, the checkpoint open all day long, but they close it in between long gaps in flights. And that, that makes sense for them on a business-wise, managing the number of people they have. Uh, but it's not ideal for us, and I can't control that because it's TSA is an independent organization. It's a federal organization. The airlines, um, you know, I, I, I can't call up American and order three more aircraft into, you know, <laughs> Charlotte and just order them, and they're here. We have to wait until they feel that it makes good business sense for them. So there's things like that that we have much more uh, limited control of. Uh, but we try to we try to control and, and manage what we can and what we can't we work with and try to facilitate with the airlines with TSA with the FAA as much as possible. Question for you, Gene, on the phones from Tony. Good morning, Tony. You're on with Gene. Oh, hi. Uh, I, I uh, when we moved here a long time ago, uh, we just assumed there'd be uh, short hop service between. Uh, Champaign and St. Louis, Indianapolis, and and well, there is the Chicago. But what happened to St. Louis and Indianapolis? If they could, if you could do all three, you know, that would make Willard a lot more attractive because we eventually have to get to those hubs anyway. Thanks for the question, Tony. Yeah, the big thing that happened was the airlines over the years um, have really changed how they do business. Um, not to go into too long of a story, but after deregulation in 1978, you saw a huge growth of airlines, and there were there were hundreds and hundreds of airlines all operating in between various markets, hubbing out of places like Indianapolis and St. Louis. Well, we also saw, and you saw this by the end of the 80s, that they were all filing for bankruptcy, going out of business, mergers happening left and right because Piedmont, com- Ozark, <laughs> right. Eastern. Because companies that, that weren't being successful were getting bought up by others. Well, as they did that in order to try to become profitable again, they started streamlining their operations, hubbing out of very specific areas, following very strictly to a hub-and-spoke model. And that's the issue that we face right now is the change in the aircraft isn't really um, – we don't have the small, you know, quickly we call them puddle jumpers. We don't really have the the – 20-seat puddle jumpers anymore. We've got 50-seat is really, and it's a jet, is the smallest. And economically, that doesn't make as much sense for the short haul into St. Louis or the short haul in Indianapolis. Um, So they focus on the hub markets, Chicago, Dallas, Houston, Charlotte, um, you know, those type of big hubs. And they try to take everybody into the hubs and then out into different directions. So that's the challenge that smaller communities like like Champaign have is trying to generate enough market into specific areas so that we could get a direct flight. Um, St. Louis and Indianapolis would provide a lot of opportunities, 
but right now the airlines aren't hubbing directly into those. So there's, there's even though they're large airports, they're still kind of an, an end of the spoke instead of the hub. I miss the flights. I have family in Detroit that I used to be able to take a direct one from here to Detroit to go see them. It was really nice. And the Twin Cities, Minneapolis makes sense too, but you've got uh, Bloomington already serves the Twin Cities, so I doubt an airline would want to come down here too and compete with that. Well, and again, that's another challenge is that Delta Airlines is um, the one hubbing out of Minneapolis, and we don't have Delta right now. Uh, I think if we want to get Delta, that's one of those things where we're going to have to really see a commitment from the local community that we could take to get Delta and say, hey, here's what the community has said. We are going to do how much we're going to spend on these flights, how many people we're going to put on them. And they would have to see that level of commitment from the community. Uh, again, it goes back to the same thing I've already said. They have scarce resources, and they got to know when they, when they invest those resources into an area that they're going to be profitable for them. How do you know what the community will commit to before they just buy the tickets when they're available? Well, there's, there's a lot of ways that um, communities have gotten behind those type of commitments before. Probably the most successful that happens is what we call a revenue guarantee. Um, it basically will say to the airline, we'll guarantee you a minimum level of revenue. So if you make, you know, uh, if I promise that you'll make $100 and you only make $90, we'll make up the $10 difference. And that type of revenue guarantee, that's what a lot of communities are doing that are very successful. And it's, a, it's what a lot of the communities that we're competing for the resources are doing. All right, dream a little bit. I know you've been working on the master plan. You held a town hall meeting on that. And <laughs> there ended up being a lot of discussion about power outlets and, and USB chargers and all that uh, being available inside the terminal building. But beyond that, which I agree would be really nice to have uh, more of that. But uh, what else would you like to dream up there in your master plan? Well, uh, a couple of things that we're working on are some of the infrastructure needs that we really need to replace. One of the biggest challenges we have is some of our equipment, especially like our fire station for our aircraft rescue and firefighting unit, is a, about a 40-year-old building that's going to need to be replaced. So we want to identify areas where we could build that. Then a couple of other things that we want to try to identify are areas where we could explore stronger general aviation growth, cargo operations growth, maybe even some aviation-related industry growth on, on some of the vacant and open property that we have. So we're looking at those type of things. And then, of course, long-term, what we're looking at is how do we expand and grow the terminal so that it's meeting today's modern demand. It was built back in the early 80s before the 9-11 incident, before TSA changed things. So we're looking long-term of how do we change the, the terminal uh, so that it meets our customer needs and customer demand better. Gene Cossey with us from uh, Willard Airport. We've covered a lot of ground. Anything that uh, you would think would be important to add here before uh, we let you go? Well, it's something I say every time I get a chance to speak to people. What we ask the local community to do, the people who live in the area, is when you need to fly, when you need to travel, check flying Champaign-Urbana first. It costs you absolutely nothing to check that ticket price first. I guarantee you it's far more easier and convenient than driving anywhere else. You'll get out faster. You'll get out easier. It, we've really changed things and made the customer experience better. We want to continue to make the customer experience better. And um, just check it first because, again, it grows and we grow and, and it helps the economy grow and it helps everything just keep getting better if people are using it. So uh, check it first. Try to make that your first stop anytime. And uh, we just appreciate the strength and everything that the community has shown to help Willard Airport grow. Uh, the United success is just a, a reflection of how, how strong this community is, and we're really appreciative of the community that we serve. Gene Cossey from Willard Airport. You can follow them, I fly, see you on Twitter. Appreciate your time. Thank you.
Time for local news here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. An open line coming up after this. Michael Kaiser is here with the latest. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. Happy birthday, Sir Paul McCartney, 76 years old today. And uh, if you catch our sister station, Classic Hits 107.9 WKIO, there's some uh, more Beatles and McCartney tunes throughout the day to honor one of the greats on his 76th birthday. Maybe I'm amazed there. We heard Let It Be uh, earlier. Scott Beatty in for Brian Barnhart this week on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Tomorrow on the program, Senator Chapin Rose will be with us. He's... uh, Got this task force going on the Muhammad Aquifer, and they're meeting today, so we'll get his thoughts on that and anything else. And you can uh, call up the senator if you have questions or comments for him. All right, Whitney Emmert is with us from the marketing department here at World Headquarters for News Gazette Media, stepping in. And uh, we got a cool promotion going on. We want to tell you about this. But, uh, Whitney, first of all, I thought you would enjoy this. So, first of all, welcome in. It's not your first rodeo here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. No, this is probably my fourth or fifth time on Penny. You've got the tally marks going on your cubicle, I bet. Exactly. I carve it into my desk. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, the prison thing. You're just like, <laughs> this is miserable. No, I'm just kidding. All right, 20, this was on BuzzFeed. Uh, 25, uh, some things, I'm not going to go all 25, things you'll immediately understand if you were alive in 1998 most of us i think were alive then right but just remembering life did you ever call the cable company to request a pay-per-view program oh gosh probably my mom did yeah i was a little I wasn't going to spend the funds on that in our household that was not going to be allowed yeah but if you wanted to watch something special that's the only way you could do it yeah i think that's uh that would be when we finally got cable out in the country where i was <laughs> living <laughs> we, we, we was had, it just after running water yeah pretty much i mean we had the tv where you had to go up and punch the buttons in to be able to change the channel <laughs> uh okay i think we remember the vhs tapes oh yeah to watch something and be uh, kind rewind <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> you can remember the stores around here, the you know the blockbusters and whatnot that were around here to to go rent VHA, VHS cassettes. Oh, you yeah. can't do it anymore. I remember when you got charged if you didn't rewind it. <laughs> That's right. Like Blockbuster and Family Video would charge you extra if you didn't rewind the tape. And before there was a DVR or TiVo, you set your VCR. Yep. That was still in 1998. I think people were still recording off. On, on the VHS. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, this is very appropriate here to uh, our business. Having to wait for the newspaper to come in the morning to find out any news that wasn't covered on the evening or nightly news. Oh, yeah. And I even back then, the um, I say even back then. This is only 20 years ago, and I think the Gazette was crazy. still doing two editions a day. You oh, got yeah. an afternoon edition as well. Oh, yeah. And then the proliferation of online news, and now it's a 24-7 news cycle mm-hmm. all the time yep i remember get, uh it was 1998 i got my first job summer college job by responding to a classified ad <laughs> that was the first 
place you went to if you were looking for a job. Where was your first job? My first job yeah. was CVS. I was a pharmacy technician. Did you just walk in and, well, that sounds like you need some experience. Well, no. It's this th- was my I mean, summer job. Well, this was back when they let a 16-year-old be behind a pharmacy counter. And they were like, that's <laughs> fine. She won't mess up. And then after... I'm not really frightened about the age <laughs> there. I'm a little frightened that you were... <laughs> I did that for eight years. Wow. Yeah. Handing out the pills. I know. Uh, copying a CD onto cassette. Hey, I made you a mixtape. Mixtape. A mixtape. Oh, my gosh. I did that for my girlfriend. Now, oh, yeah. I think what? I had a boyfriend in high school that gave me mixed CDs all the time. But the tapes, I remember doing record for your mixtape and putting it up to the radio mm-hmm. and waiting for your song to be done. Then you stopped and you made your own <laughs> tape, like <laughs> the really old way of doing it. Making double or triples of photos if you wanted to share your pictures. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. Looking at a catalog to find out what was coming up at your store. Oh, yeah. No, catalogs are still in use. Yeah. I think those are uh, waiting. Let's see. Only in things in 1998 or things that were true in 1998 that are no longer for our lives. Only be able to see a trailer for a movie at the theater or yeah. a newly released VHS. Oh, yeah. Those were some of the... So There's some good ones on that this list. This is only 20 years. Booking a... F- we were just talking about the airport. Booking a flight on the phone. That's how you did it. Yeah. Or a travel agent. Yeah. Uh, and if you were going to go somewhere, you bought a travel book. Yeah. Like a tourist guide type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would still... I think you could... I would still do that. Well, but if I, I've actually still used a travel agent for like big trips. Like I've gone to Mexico a couple times and I went through a travel agent because he was able to get me the best deals. <laughs> And I knew I wouldn't be able to do it on my own. Right. I need I need a third party to help yeah. me. Get. You need to hook me up. All right. And uh, using traveler's checks if you went abroad. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of places didn't take the credit cards. I oh, remember yeah. that. And th- getting us, we didn't do this in our house, but getting a second phone line so you could dial up the internet. Oh, my gosh. I think the most common phrase in my household was, get off the internet. I need to use the phone. <laughs> Whitney. Yeah. All right, so those are some fun flashbacks to our lives 20 years ago. You know, I saw something recently that was, you yelled at me from 1994 to 2000 about getting off the internet, and now you ask me how to use your cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Who's in control now? (laughs) It's like a meme on Facebook I thought was hilarious. Amy Schumer had a great bit about trying to help her mom with her computer and how the whole thing just blows up and ends in frustration. Yeah. All right, uh, that's not why you called, though. That's uh, not why I called. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a pet contest. We are. We're having a pet contest. And you have a dog. Are you entering it? Yes, I have a dog and a cat. Okay. So they'll what both is, be in there. What is this all about? So the pet contest um, started last Friday. Um, we're asking people to enter their pets. And if you go to newsgazette.com backslash 2018 pet contest, or if you just go to the News Gazette homepage, scroll down, you'll see a cute little cat, and it says Pet Contest. Um, so you click on that, you enter your pet for $10, and then people will be able to vote on who is the cutest or who has the best tricks or, you know, whatever they feel like voting for. But See, right here on this list, it says, back in 1998, 
things we no longer do entering a contest, contest through the mail now i know we've we've done some mail contests and that still happens yeah but by and large it's online actually this we i the last time we did a pet contest which i wasn't here but i found out that a lot of people just sent in cash with it a, like a picture like polaroid of their pet <laughs> and entered it that way wow because they didn't want to mess and with you it. if you do that now whitney's just going to pocket the cash right yeah <laughs> going directly okay uh and if you win the cutest summer pet contest yes there is a first uh second and third place and all the information is on the website um but first place so in other words your time here is just useless right just go to the website <laughs> and read it all about it. just read all online uh no the first place uh pet prize is valued at 500 dollars. so wow and there's tons of pets that have gotten entered and they are some pretty adorable pets out how, there how will you decide the winner i well it'll be based on everybody's votes so okay. once we uh, i think there's another week or two left of entering your pets and then it's the voting free for all so you can go on and vote all right hey ed's giving me the sign here to cut the chit chat so <laughs> all right news gazette.com click on the cute little cat for the pet contest whitney always fun thanks for stopping by thank you scott Beatty. back with more penny for your thoughts we've got a little time to squeeze in your calls next hey jude don't make it Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it better. Hey, Jude, don't be afraid. Paul McCartney's birthday, 76 years old today. One of the greats. It's a penny for your thoughts. Scott Beatty here with you in for Brian Barnhart. Tomorrow, Chapin Rose, a senator, state senator from our area, will be on with us, and he'll take your calls as well. We'll talk about the Muhammad Aquifer that is going on as uh, well as any other uh, state issues that uh, is relevant. So uh, tune in for that later in the week. Luke Boyce from Shattered Glass Films. Also, Darren Holt, our Manager of IT here at News Gazette Media. He'll come on and tell us about uh, life from the British perspective, but also he'll take your tech calls if you have any questions for him. He's uh, particularly good at coming up with solutions to uh, make things a little bit easier for you that don't cost a lot of money. So uh, you can come pick his brain as well. Penny, for your thoughts, if you have any last uh, thoughts here for the day, we had a uh, robust discussion in the first hour about immigration and uh, what is going on at the border and children being separated from uh, families or uh, seemingly their families, depending on how you see that. Give us a call here at 356-9397. U.S. Open was yesterday. Brooks Kepka winning that for the second straight time. But also pretty cool to see Dylan Meyer, the recent graduate for from Illinois, uh, place tied for 20th. In the finish, he made the cut and finished tied for 20th uh, out there at Shinnecock Hills in Long Island. He tied with former Illini as well, Steve Stricker, and also with the same as Ricky Fowler. That's not bad in your first major as a pro. Open line here. Mike is on the line. Hi, Mike. Hello. Uh, I'm not going to be able to listen tomorrow when Chapin Rose is going to be on. 
But I wondered if one of the things you might ask him or bring up for discussion is uh, I just heard that uh, the state of Illinois taxpayers are going to be on the hook for $200 million for Obama's museum or Chicago. <clears throat> I've, uh, of course, I'm against that. I don't think the he was a federal president, not a state president. Uh, with the state having problems, I hear they're $23 million behind on the Abraham Lincoln Museum. Uh, we can't pay our bills now. Why do we need to be given $200 million for Obama Museum? All right. I'll ask him about it. Appreciate it, Mike. All right. Back in a moment to wrap things up on a penny for your thoughts. All right. We're... Coming up here on the finish line for the first Penny for Your Thoughts this week. Scott Beatty here filling in for Brian Barnhart. It's been my privilege. Thanks for lending me your ears for a little while. We'll do it again tomorrow. Senator Chapin Rose will be our guest on the program in the 10 o'clock hour. Thank you, Ed Bond, behind the scenes. The news is next. This is WDWS Champaign-Urbana, a News Gazette media station. It's 11 o'clock. <laughs>